What is going on? Welcome to Land Podcast. This is Jake Hofer, and this is another November special. Well, this one is, I'm pretty proud about it. It's a pretty cool idea, and I hope you guys will enjoy it, and we'll get some value out of it, or at least spark some additional thoughts on your end that will make you a better land buyer and land seller. Before we get into this episode, Exodus is going to be having a killer Black Friday sale coming up here very soon, and you're going to want to go over to the ExodusOutdoorGear.com website and sign up for our newsletter because that is where we will be announcing it. And last year went out, we sold out in almost, it was under two hours, right around one hour. So in other words, it went very quick. And I'm not going to apologize for having a solo episode because I think this is a good one, but um, I've been hunting my face off really for a while now. Um, today was the first day and I think 11 days that I did not hunt all day. And um, it's been really fun. It's been really good. I've had really just the most enjoyable season I've had in a really long time. And to me, that is really important. And I've passed four deer that as I'm sitting here and recording this right now, I'm starting to wonder why I did. But really trying to get to the next caliber of deer and forcing myself out of my comfort zone. I feel really confident my ability to kill solid deer and trying to go in and get the next level of uh, caliber of whitetail has been a challenge, but nonetheless, a past four deer that I would be, that I would have shot any other year and been really happy about. And of those four, three of them gave me the, the leg twitch, but I did not grab my bow. So that's really exciting. And then I was in after a specific buck and I hunted him for three days Finally, I saw him connect with the doe on one evening, bounced around, and eventually saw him one morning go back to a bedding area with the doe, and sure enough, about 10.30, here he comes, and I'm hunting out of the saddle, and there's a tree about grown height, and so I draw back, and the bottom of my limb of my bow was going to hit this branch and obviously render a miss, and I couldn't get the buck to stop, kind of typical rut fashion, grunt, didn't stop grunted again he picked up a speed and uh he was gone and it was a matter you know it was a, about a 40 second maybe one minute interaction with the buck and off he went and then the next morning went in there and uh, I'm a little ashamed to admit I I trimmed that branch I did not have a saddle with me I was in the same tree I hung a hang on stand and was ready to rock hoping for another specific buck I was in there for sure enough similar fashion he comes through right in my shooting lane at 25 yards and there was two lanes to where I could shoot him uh, pretty easily. And so I stopped him, tried stopping him at the first one because uh, with yesterday, the, the day previous uh, experience of deer not stopping, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get him to stop in the first one. And then the next one, I'll be able to hopefully get a shot off if he doesn't stop. Anyways, I grunt. He stops on a dime, very tight window. I shoot. And this is just a piece of advice for everyone to consider shooting a bow is not a gun. It's not a flat trajectory. And what happened was my arrow hit a tree, uh, a branch, snapped the broad head off. And that was it. The deer went off, had no clue what went on. And, uh, it happens, but nonetheless have been on really good deer, basically the whole entire year. And so for that, I'm really thankful and excited for how the season's been going. It's been good just to be out and, uh, have an out of office email signature here for a little bit. So if you guys have reached out and I haven't replied, I apologize. I've had a lot of people send text emails that I have not gotten back to. I've basically been running around like a wild man. And realistically, I'll probably be running around like a wild man here for a little bit this week. I do have some work I have to get done. But enough of all that. I want to talk about something that 
is definitely thought-provoking, I think. So I picked out 10 Warren Buffett quotes that I think you should consider when it comes to buying land. And each one, obviously, well, Warren Buffett, in case you don't know, he's a really successful financial investor. He owns Berkshire Hathaway, and they buy companies that are undervalued. He's a notorious guy of only investing in what you know. And he's gotten a hard time for keeping a large cash position. He's gotten a hard time for not investing in tech. But the man just wins. He He's just a good a good person to emulate. And if you can do that in the land space, then you are going to be in a really good shape, a really good position. And I think this is probably uh, transcendent in a few areas of folks' lives. And I know uh, my mine as well as I went through and found these. But let's go ahead and dive right into these 10 items that will make you a better land buyer, land investor, and all around just uh, maybe just a little bit more sharp. So number one, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. This is something we've talked about here on the podcast before, but I think it's obviously so important. And there's uncertainty in the market, in my opinion. And I think there's still a lot of cash out there. Um, something that I found really interesting is the majority of farmland in the United States is paid for free and clear. So there's people that think, well, it's a, another 80s uh, farming crisis. Things are going to go haywire. Land's going to crash. There's so much more cash out there right now. And although interest rates are going up, there's just a lot of money out there. So I personally don't think that we're going to see this meltdown to what maybe some people think or maybe don't think. I don't know. I just That's something that I've seen in conversations I've been having here. So I wanted to say that. But with people being uncertain or... Um, just, I would say just uncertain, a little unsure how things are going to go. The economies definitely have slowed down to some some regard, but land's still still selling. It's taken a little bit longer for some of these listings to go, but regardless, they're still selling. And uh, if you find something out there that is what you're looking for, that is a great opportunity. And I would not be scared just because other folks are a little bit nervous right now. Next one, rule number one is to never lose money. Rule number two is to never forget rule number one. A 50% loss requires a 100% gain to get back to even. A 75% loss requires a 300% gain. Focus on not losing money first. So I think this one is probably for those folks that are saving up for their down payment. And maybe they, they buy some Ethereum. Maybe they buy some Bitcoin. Maybe they buy a stock that they think is going to pop because they saw it on social. Just focus on making money, not losing it. That's the number one thing. So if you're saving up for that down payment, don't take the shortcuts. Um, Think about it like Warren Buffett, be uh, very long-term, very strategic, and not overly aggressive to where you have a loss because I think it's a quick way to lose steam as you're trying to save up for that first down payment to get you in the game, get you that, get that first farm. We've talked about it a million times. The down payment is the biggest hurdle for most folks. So if you are trying to make that fund, do it in a reliable and sustainable way. And I think you're going to be thanking yourself for sure. Don't take the shortcut. Next one, if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. Nobody can predict what a stock will do in the next day, week, or month. The big money is made investing for the long term. So I think obviously for stocks, that's that's very clear. But I think when you're buying a farm, think to yourself, could I own this farm for a very long time if I wanted to? I mean, obviously you can always sell it, uh, but... Don't do these mental gymnastics to talk yourself into buying this parcel that maybe doesn't check off as many boxes as you really want. I mean, there's obviously a fine line of being aggressive and being patient and buying the right farm, but maybe don't buy that farm that's two and a half hours away and it's 
not what you really kind of want, but it's what you think you want because land's cheaper two and a half uh, hours away versus maybe 30 minutes away. I think you're going to get a lot more enjoyment out of the 30 minute away farm. And regardless, if you don't like it, then you can always sell it. But buy things with long-term vision. If you were, if you had to keep the farm and keep hunting it, are you going to be happy with it? Are you going to be okay with it? The things that you're not happy with, can you fix in that time frame? Those are some things to really consider that I think you'll thank yourself for. Next one is price is what you pay. Value is what you get. Everyone knows the price of stocks, but few understand the true underlining underlying value. So in terms of land, price is what you pay. But how can you see value on a farm that maybe is on the listing, maybe that the sellers can't recognize, maybe that the listing agent doesn't recognize? Look at those ways to get value out of a farm that isn't currently there. That's something that I've learned with a lot of these folks that I've spoke with is how can you fix, how can you be a problem solver? How can you fix things in order to create more value that necessarily might not take a lot of money, but maybe it's work, hard work. Maybe it's connections with people with equipment, but that is something to really look at. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. So if you're buying something that in your mind is undervalued because there's all this unrealized gains on what the farm could be or what it is, then I think you're going to find yourself in a really good position. So consider that don't get hung up on well, I paid blah, 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 an acre, how much value is on it. And value is going to be different to me than maybe what it is to, to you listening. Risk comes from not knowing what you are doing. So never invest in something you don't fully understand. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a few steps above the rest. You are a guy that, or a guy or gal that's really serious about learning more about land. And this is just one resource in all the episodes that we've had in the past are so great. There's so much good information over the last, I don't know how many episodes we have now, let's say 60 or 70. So much good information here. If, if you are doing that, you're going to know more than the average person, but there's always more to be learned. You're going to learn more by just doing too. So I think there's a, there's a fine line there, but don't, invest in something. Don't buy land. That's something that you don't understand. Keep learning and researching until you feel like you understand. Next one, no matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Building sustainable wealth takes time. Don't rush the process by taking excess risk. I think that's a really fun quote because we all want things to be instant if you're planting warm season grasses, it's going to take some time for it to get established. If you're doing all these different projects, it's going to take some time. So realize that, understand that. And no matter what you do, you can't get a, a walnut to mature. A, you can't get a, a small walnut to grow faster with, I guess, excessively fast. I mean, there's obviously tricks to the trade there, but nonetheless, that's kind of what the that's what the thought process is. Understand it's going to take time. No matter how good you are, you can't make your switchgrass uh, be awesome in a year. Just not going to happen. This one is a little bit, uh, we'll see how this one connects. So this one says, the stock market is designed to transfer money from the active to the patient. Many people trade based on their emotions, which is a recipe for disaster. Act slowly and decisively and let your money continually compound. I would say in terms of land, it's kind of hard to, to transfer that, but I do think patience is, is you're, you're going to be rewarded. We've seen such an incredible run the last couple of years. And I think that we're going to see more sustainable 
growth of probably that 6% that a lot of folks talk about and what we've talked about here on the podcast of just 6% annual appreciation. Those rates are now higher than what the annual appreciation is. But if you're buying a farm for a long time, you make you there's so many other things that you're going to get out of the farm than actual dollar return. And there's obviously ways to enforce appreciation, but you need to be patient and uh, the the quick buck maybe isn't the best uh, the best route. It works for some people. There's obviously opportunities out there for that. But if you're just trying to get started, I would say be patient, be strategic, and have some of these other pillars in mind as you're moving along. So time is the friend of the wonderful company and the enemy of the mediocre. So if you're holding a, so this is probably in terms of land. So if you're buying a really good farm in a really good neighborhood, more than likely it's going to appreciate faster. It's going to be easier to sell when you get ready to do so than a farm that's kind of a turd. <laughs> and so maybe it's not in a good neighborhood or maybe the access is really challenging or maybe there's all these glaringly uh, bad issues that a lot of buyers won't overlook. And I think that this past market trend, people were willing to overlook a lot of those things that might not be overlooked in a slower market. And I don't want to say, I don't, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but my thought is stuff's going to get scrutinized more. Deals are going to get a little bit more scrutinized. People aren't going to look past some things that they may have, they might've looked past in maybe a year or two ago. So that's something I would just keep in the back of your mind. Next one is the most important, the most important investment you can make is in yourself. So last but not least, always be investing in yourself. Learn new skills, read books, listen to podcasts, and embrace lifelong learning. I love learning. That is something I've always liked to do. I am so thankful for all the people that have agreed to be a guest on this podcast. I'm so thankful for all the people that have reached out and shared their their experience because I feel I've learned a lot and there's a lot more to learn. But just embrace. Always be learning. No one knows everything. Just keep learning. Uh, if you can learn from other people's mistakes and save you money, save you, save you time, all the better. And that's what the goal of this podcast is. is as you know, it's to help 100 people buy their first farm. And we're just chugging along with that. Things have slowed down here a little bit because I know everyone is very focused on deer hunting more than likely. But I've got, I think I got two texts this past week when I was in the tree stand of, hey, we bought a farm. Thank you so much. Um, so that's really cool. And I'm so thankful that people take the time to tell me so I can add them to the spreadsheet and uh, just know that what we're doing here is worthwhile worthwhile for folks out there. So that is really, that's the 10 pillars. That's the 10 pillars of being a better land buyer in the words of Warren Buffett, kind of twisted into land buying. I hope you guys are having a really great November. It's crazy because here in Illinois, it's November 13th. We are basically five days out from shotgun season. And this is the, I don't want to say it's like the home stretch because there's obviously, a, it's a long season. There's a lot of opportunities, and but what we've been waiting for in the back of our mind really is about to close out here for some states as firearm season rolls in, and, and I have a gun tag, and I'm going to be out with a firearm too, so I'm not trying to say that as like a exclusive bow hunter, but the reality of it is deer are going to be acting a lot different here really soon, and so if you haven't had the opportunity to carve out some time to go out and enjoy what we've been waiting for, I encourage you to do it. It's been so refreshing just to go out get some fresh air, breathe some crisp, cold November air, listen to deer grunt, watch deer chase. Um, gosh, it's what, it's what we've been waiting for. And really, like I said, I've passed four deer that I cannot believe. I got a cell cam picture of one here of the deer I passed. And I'm looking at him like, what was I thinking? But my whole thought process is if I would shoot that deer, I'd be coasting through the rest of the year, but I'm hunting hungry. If that makes sense. I'm really trying to get to the next level. And, uh, 
that's where I'm at. So I hope you guys are enjoying your season with whatever that means to you. Maybe it's helping someone shoot their first deer. Maybe it's enjoying time with family or maybe it's chasing, uh, chasing a big buck, like a wild dingo. Cause that's what I've been doing. So I hope you guys have a great week. The Exodus podcast has Ryan Springer on here tomorrow on the Exodus podcast. And there's some other things that I'm going to be announcing here very soon and very shortly. Um, I have a handful of new listings that are going to be live and I'm trying to think here. It's been, it's been a wild November. Uh, and so, so, so thankful for, um, all the opportunities. So I'll leave it at that. And we will be discussing that in more detail here soon. One last thing for anyone that cares. So my home farm here, there's been a four year old six by five that I have any, I've only hunted my farm one time this year, just because I wanted to go out <laughs> behind the house and hunt. And so there's really no deer that I'm targeting here at my house. I could have shot the darn buck, uh, on an East wind. There's a spot here. That's phenomenal for an east wind absolutely pitch perfect and sure enough he was in there that morning on an east wind so that's fun and i'm just hoping like heck he lives here um there's another really solid deer that i'm just hoping that they find a liking to my farm and shack out here for a little bit and get them to the next age class i think that'll be really cool um it's easy to have different expectations on farms you actually own versus ones that you're hunting by permission or um you know maybe even a short-term lease and then the other farm has been a little frustrating to be completely honest. There's a really old deer that I haven't tried to go in to kill that's been running around. And then a specific buck that I was really hoping would spend more time on the parcel. Um, just looking at the previous year has not spent much time on there. He was in there early October for a brief stint through one hunt at him. And then he was in there late October and he's been MIA all November. There's a lot of staining crops nearby. And I think that might be the issue. So I'm, I'll be really curious as shotgun pressure increases if he relocates. Cause that's what happened last year. And uh, he's a really, really solid deer and uh, we will see. So I just think that's, it's funny because <laughs> I bought two farms. That's something I always dreamed of. And I've hunted neither, both of them, like hardly at all. And, uh, that's just the way it goes. So I think that's something just to throw out there food for thought. It's always good to have a lot of options. And, uh, sometimes by not hunting it maybe is doing better than going in there and hunting it. So that's just uh, a random thought as I close this out till next time. See ya.